This car has us ready to go. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. Thank you, Lord God, for an exciting new year. It's exciting to start off a new year with uh, a new chapter, a new experience. And Lord, we just ask for your blessing over this time. Lord, we pray that your word would speak, that you would be here with us, Lord God. And we just ask that you would open our hearts and minds to you. We thank you, Father, and give us to Jesus in your name. Amen. I actually, yesterday, I almost forgot that today was New Year's Day. And I almost forgot that, you know, it was New Year's Eve last night. And it's kind of amazing to me. It's going to take me a while to be able to say the year 2023. I can't believe it's year 2023. If you were to tell me when I was a kid that I would live to see the year 2023, I would say you're crazy. Right? Because 2023, that was science fiction. Right? That didn't seem like reality to me. I was like, there's no way Jesus is going to come back way before then. I don't even know if I'll see year 2000. But it's year 2023. So it's pretty crazy to say that we're here in the year that we're in 2023. But time is flying by, isn't it? It seems like it was only months ago we were first meeting outside of First Lutheran. Right? It just seems like it was just you know, not that long ago. It was the first meeting that you all had in person since the pandemic, right? And it was my first Sunday with you all, that Easter Sunday. And it seems like so long ago, yet at the same time, I remember so clearly, right? Time is flying by so quickly. I don't know if you remember, but when I first started after that, that Easter Sunday, the first series, we looked at Romans 12, right? You remember that? And remember, I introduced five pillars or five points of what, what we want to do as a church. These are the five areas or five points that we want to make sure all that we do as a church speaks to at least one, if not all these five points. How many of you remember any of those five points? Yeah, any of you recall what I'm talking about? Well, it's a good thing that I'm going to remind you, right? Because I'm looking at blank stairs. Right? The five things. One is worship God, right? Everything we do, we want to make sure we worship God. The second thing we want to do what? Rooted in the Word of God. Rooted in Scripture. The third thing, third thing, third thing, that actually third finger, is edifying fellowship. That the fellowship we have as a church is edifying to each other. Right? The fourth thing. Faithful service. Our service and what we do as a church is not only faithful, we're proving ourselves faithful as servants of God, but we want to have faith-filled service as well, right? And the fifth thing, of course, is we want to be a shining witness to those outside our church, both in and outside our church. So those five points, everything we do as a Church. We want to say, you know what, we want to be intentional about what we do as a church. And we want to strive to at least meet at least one, if not all five or several of those points, 
right? And the two most important ones, first off, is the first two. Worship God and be rooted in the Word, rooted in the Scripture. That when we come together, our main focus is to worship God. That we want to make sure when we come on a Sunday, we are God-centered, not self-centered. Right? See that difference? That our primary purpose, when we have everything that we're doing here, is to worship God. And the second part is that no matter what we do, we're going to be rooted in Scripture. We're going to be rooted in the Word of God. That's going to keep us grounded. That's going to keep us nourished, right? And when we can do those two things, I think God is going to influence the other three things. He's going to be in our fellowship. He's going to be in our service. And He's going to be in our witness, both here and outside our church walls, our church building, right? So I introduced those five pillars when I first started off. And then last year, I started off with the theme. Now, how many of you know the theme of last year? I will be sad if no one knows that one, right? Branching out, right? That was the theme of last year, branching out. And throughout the past year, we look at the analogy, the metaphor of a tree. Scripture, you see this metaphor of a tree throughout Scripture. And if you think about trees, trees grow when they have what? Good soil, right? Good soil allows a tree to grow. And we looked at passages where, in Psalms and in Jeremiah, that the one whose trust is in the Lord, the one who delights in the law, who delights in the Word of God, that person is like a tree planted by the waters, whose roots are constantly nourished. And that person or that tree will grow and its fruit will continually bear fruit no matter what the season is. And so we look at that picture of a tree and we related it to that, a person who is like that tree. So if you think about the following, you follow the natural progression of a tree and how it grows, right? The seed first grows roots, right? Then the branches begin to grow, right? The seed grows roots and it builds a, a stem or a trunk. And then what? Branches grow out, right? And in order for fruit to bear, you need those branches to grow, grow strong and firm and healthy, because branches are that support for the leaves and the fruit, right? If you don't have branches to grow, you won't have fruit, right? You follow me? Now, how many of you have fruit trees in your home? And we have fruit trees in your home. Okay, so there's a good number of people. How many of you planted those fruit trees in your home? Anybody? <laughs> a good number of you. Alright. I don't know how many what kind of trees, how many of you have apple trees? Orange? Lemon? Avocado? Any of guava? Okay, number of you. How many of you planted those trees because you wanted that fruit? Okay? And you plant those trees not really wanting the fruit? Is that kind of silly? How many moved in a home that they had a fruit tree that they really didn't want? Yeah, okay. And now it's like, they just they just continue to grow and you're like, I'm going to take the fruit all year long, right? Generally speaking, when you have a fruit tree, or you plant a fruit tree, 
You're doing it because you want what? The fruit. Right? I don't think anyone plants a fruit tree saying, you know, I don't really want the fruit. I don't really expect it to grow fruit. In fact, I really hope it doesn't grow fruit. Right? No one does that. When you plant a fruit tree, you're planting it to grow fruit. So our theme this year is bearing fruit. Bearing fruit. Now what does that mean to bear fruit? To bear fruit, if you look at scripture, bearing fruit is an expectation of God for his people. If you read scripture throughout the Old Testament New, whether it's about Israel or about the church, God has an expectation for his people to bear fruit. Now what does that mean? Does that mean we're bringing fruit baskets? Of course not, right? Bearing fruit means this is the evidence of our faith. This is the product of our relationship with God. And to bear fruit means to put action to our faith. To put action to what God is doing in us so that we produce fruit. So we're going to take a look at that today. What does that mean to bear fruit? If you have your Bibles, turn to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. And in Colossians chapter 1, we see here, here's the beginning of Paul writing a letter to the church of Colossae. He's writing to the believers. And he's writing in response to reports he has heard about the believers in this local church, the Colossians, right? So he's writing about the report, and he's hearing about these believers. He's hearing their reputation. Now, we've talked about reputation before, right? What people know about you. And I've shared before, and I've said this, that, you know, there are times and occasions where some people want that first time, and they say, hey, well, so you're Mike, or you're Pastor Mike, whatever it is. You're Mr. Kim. Oh, I heard a lot about you. And I want to hear that. I don't know whether to be flattered or fearful. Right? I don't know if you've been in that situation. Oh, I've heard about you. Oh, it's good to finally meet you. But, oh, you've heard about me. What have you heard? What have you said? Right? Because our reputation, what people hear about is, is based on experiences. Right? Whether they're good experiences or bad experiences. Whatever your reputation is, it's based on what people have experienced with you. Whether that's true or not, flattered or not. And so here, Paul is writing in response to the reputation of what he's heard from these believers. Right? And what we see is that their reputation, what they're known for, is they're known for from the time they heard the message of Christ, they hear that they're known for their faith. For loving in the Spirit and loving their fellow brethren in Christ. Now that's a great start, right? What a great reputation to have as a church. Paul said, I've heard of your faith. I've heard of how you love in the Spirit and how you love your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. But there's another thing they're known for. He says, we've known that since the time you're heard, that you are continuously bearing fruit. You're continually bearing fruit. 
Now that is a great start as a church. If I was to call all of you, if I was to ask you, what do you want to be known for as a church? I'm sure we'll have a lot of different answers, right? Maybe from youth, or your parents, or somewhere in between, or your college student, outside of college, single, married, whatever it may be, you may have different answers. If we were to canvas the neighborhoods, surrounding area, who don't go to our church, and ask them, what are you looking for in a church? I'm sure you'll have many different answers. What do you want to be known for as a church? If, I was, if you were to ask me, Pastor Mike, what do you want Generations Church to be known for? What do you pray for for our church? I would say this is a great start. I want to echo Paul's prayer here. That our church will be known for its faith in Christ. It will be known for its love in the Spirit. It's love for the brethren, and that it continues to bear fruit. Let's take a look at let's take a look at Paul's prayer here in chapter one, verse nine. Verse nine says this: For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. We'll stop there. So Paul begins his letter sharing his prayer to the local church. And he'll elaborate more on his prayer as you read on in Colossians. But there's a lot to look at in this prayer. But I'm going to break down this prayer into two categories or two concerns that Paul expresses in this prayer. Paul shares what he prays. And he prays that one God, what God will do in them. So Paul's first concern in this prayer is what God will do in them. The second concern, what they will do in response or as a result of what God is doing in them. So if you look at this prayer, two main concerns you can break it down in. What God will do in them and what they will do in response to what God will do in them. Now I'm going to get a little uh, English now, I know you're all, some of you are on like summer break or winter break, so you're like out of the whole school mode. We'll get, introduce a little bit of English in this, in this part of the message. We're looking at the two concerns, right? We're going to focus on six verbs here. Six verbs. Three of them are going to be in the passive form in Greek. Right? In Greek, there's a passive form, and there's also active. So three of them are going to be passive, and three of them are going to be active. Now, what does that mean? Passive verbs, it means actions that are done to you. Okay, actions that are done to you. You are not the primary actor in the action being done. It's being done to you. 
active verb is the one that's the action that you are the primary actor in the action. Okay, you are the one doing it. Passive is being done to you. Active, you are doing the action. Okay? Got it? We'll look at those six verbs. Okay? The first one, you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The second verb, you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects. You see that in verse 10. The third verb, bearing fruits in every good work. The fourth one, increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all power according to the glorious might for the attaining of steadfastness and patience joyously. And then lastly, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now, of those six verbs, right, I mentioned three of them are passive, three of them are active. Okay? The three that are passive, I'll get back to that through the screen in a second. The three that are passive, filled, increasing, and strengthened. In other words, what's being done to the believers, they are being filled. Increasing and strengthened. They're not doing the filling. They're not doing the increasing. They're not doing the strengthening. It is God doing it in them. The active verbs walk. Now, when I say walk, we're not talking about like literally walking, right? What are we referring to walking? How you live your life. Okay? The walking or how you live your life, bearing fruits. They are the active agents in that, in bearing fruits. And the third thing, giving thanks. So again, what does that mean? What's being done to them, they are being filled, they're being increased, and they're being strengthened. But what they are doing, they are walking, they're living, they're bearing fruits, and they're the ones giving thanks. Now what does it all mean? Let's look back at what Paul says in the prayer. First, Paul says, he prays that the Father will fill the believers with the knowledge of his will or his desire in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. In other words, they will fully know God's will and desire. Now, how many of you have ever been frustrated because you have wanted to know, God, what do you want? Ever experienced that? How many of you have been frustrated because you're like, God, I don't know what your will is for me or what your will is in this situation? That's been frustrating, right? We've prayed a lot about that before. How much we could really try hard I was really trying hard to figure out God, God's desire for you, right? You sat in your room, and you're, it's just like, uh, you see those movies, and it's just like all these formulas in your, you know, that come up in your, your mind, and you're trying to figure out God's will, God's desire. Paul says, we want God to give us his wisdom and his knowledge. Fill me with what you desire, what your will is. And I think many people get frustrated in this area because they want so badly for their desires to be God's. 
Right? Have we all been there? You want so badly for your desire, what you want, to be God's desire. And when it's not playing out that way, you get frustrated. God, I don't know what you want for me. I don't know what your will is for me. But in so many times, what we're really trying to make is that, God, can you just make my, your desire my desire? Or vice versa. You know what I mean? Paul prays that they will be filled with the spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then Paul prays that the believers will walk in a worthy manner of the Lord. They will live their life in a worthy manner for the Lord. And specifically, it says that they will live with a desire to please the Lord. They live in such a way that I want a desire that pleases God. Notice what Paul does. He prays that they be filled with God's desire, that they would know God's will and desire, and that they would live with the desire to please God. That's a life living worthy of the Lord. Right? That God, I want to please you in my life. In all ways. Then Paul prays while walking in a worthy manner, they continually bear fruit in every good work. That when they live in a life, the way that they live life, they're continually bearing fruit, no matter the season. Whether you're having a rough time, I don't know how many of you say, 20, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many of you would say 2022 was a rough year? How many of you would say 2022 was a pretty good year? Maybe 2022 was a little mixed bag of all of this, right? In those seasons, could you find yourself bearing fruit for the Lord whether it was good or bad? Healthy or sick? Paul prays as they walk in a worthy manner, continue bearing fruit, that their knowledge of God increases. We want to grow in knowing God's will, but also we want to know Him. How many of you expect to know God's desire, but you really don't care to know God at all? You know what I mean? We can pray, God, I want to know your will. What's your desire for me? But outside of that moment of prayer, you really don't care much about knowing God all that any time with me. Husbands or wives. I won't look around as a, 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 to make anyone feel guilty. Right? But how many of you get frustrated because you really don't know what your spouse wants? You, you may have this argument. I don't know what you want from me. Or it's a time to shop. That's what I mentioned. I'm a terrible shopper. Bad shopper. It's even worse when you don't know your spouse all that Right? If you don't know your spouse all that well, you're not going to know what they want or what their desire for you is, right? And we can apply that to a lot of different relationships in our life. But if you want to know his will, what goes hand, his desire for you, what goes hand in hand to that is that you would want to know him better. That you want to know him more. 
You want to spend that time with God more. One Sunday, one day a week, for a few hours, you're not going to know God all that well. If that's all the time you have. And then Paul prays that God will, sorry, let me uh, actually hit the Paul prays God will empower the believers with his power according to his might and glory. Now, distinction, this distinction needs to be made. Paul said that God will empower us. We want to be empowered by God's might, by his strength, and not our own. That in order to bear fruit a little life worthy of God, it's going to be that God, I want you to strengthen me. When I feel like I have no strength left to handle this day, God, can you give me strength? When I'm around some people that is testing my patience, or I'm in my class, or in my workplace, or in my home, or in my relationships, that I feel like I have no strength left, God, can you give me strength? Can you strengthen me for your glory? Finally, Paul prays that the believers would joyously give thanks to the Father. Why? Because the Father equips them, enables them to inherit his blessings. Right? I mentioned that last week. That we have this future hope that's so amazing. That if we could just remember that, especially in the times of struggle, or when we aren't getting what we hoped for, and we feel like our future is just going to be ruined because it's not working out the way we want it to, if we can find that moment and space and say, you know what, Lord, I can still thank you. Because we have an eternal hope. You're allowing me to inherit your blessings. As a child of God. What an amazing thing. So he prays those things. So what is Paul's prayer? If I can paraphrase this to the church. Paul's prayer. It could be something like, Father, fill them with a certain knowledge of your desire and will so that they may walk or they may live in a way that's worthy of you. And as they continue to bear fruit and desire to please you, may they know you more and more. Empower them with your power for your glory, that they may have endurance and patience. May they give thanks to you, knowing that you enable them to enjoy your inheritance, your future blessings. So at the center of Paul's prayer here is the same prayer that I hope for us in this coming year, is that the believers would continuously bear fruits. They would continuously show the evidence of God and Spirit's work in their life. Proof that they are living a life worthy of the Lord. And it's important for us to understand God can enable us to do these things, but we must have the desire and commitment to do it. Right? God can give you all that you need to bear fruit, but you've got to have the willingness 
and the commitment, the desire to do it. What's cool about all this is that God, the whole Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit is all involved in enabling us to bear fruit. Right? In Paul's prayer, Paul prayed to the Father that he would strengthen the believers, that he would fill the believers with all knowledge of his will, that he would, he would strengthen the believers. We know in John 15, Jesus, what does Jesus say to the disciples? He says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The Father empowers, the Father fills, the Father strengthens. And he says, Jesus in here, abide in me, remain with me, and I in you. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. But you remain in me, you will bear what? Much fruit. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.16 But I say walk by the Spirit and you will not what? Carry out the desires of the flesh. Verse 22 But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Because against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. So we see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all involved in allowing us and enabling us, empowering us to bear fruits. Now, bearing fruit, though, is not simply just doing good things, right? It's not just time spent. You come to church, it's not like clocking in. You just clock into church, hey, that's my inherit, I'm ready to serve, and then you go back out and feel like, okay, I'm going to bear fruit. That I spent the time. For I did a good thing. So I'm going to bear fruits. It's about your relationship with God. What God is doing in you. And you put into action what God is doing in you. Not just on Sundays. Not just on Friday nights. Monday through Saturday. Monday through Sunday. What God is doing in you. That's going to bear fruit. What does this look like? What does this mean for Generations Church? I've mentioned to you all before, I thoroughly enjoy fruit, right? I mentioned that. As much as I enjoy fruits, fruits can disappoint me equally. You know what I mean? When you get fruits, you want something sweet, something juicy, something refreshing, something uh, fresh. But you can also, when you get fruit, you can get something sour, something bitter. When you get fruit, sometimes you get some fruit that's dull, flavorless, old, and rotten. Right? That's terrible fruit. I hate that. When you get a good apple, it looks good. You bite into it, it's just no flavor. 
as a church do not want people's experience here at Generations Church to be bitter, to be sour. We don't want their experience here. We hope that their experience here is not dull and flavorless. We certainly hope it's not old and rotten. So how do we allow their, our fruit to bear fruits, right? The reality is our church will be a reflection of our own relationship with the Lord. I'll say that again. Our church will be a reflection of our own relationship with the Lord. See, the typical attitude about church, right? This is a typical attitude. Maybe you, you share this attitude. I need church to influence my relationship with the Lord. I need church to be amazing so that my relationship with God can be amazing. Isn't that typical? People's approach to church, I need to go to a good church so that my relationship with God can be good, can be healthy. I think that's generally how we approach church. And there is some truth to that, right? Church ought to play a role in the health of your relationship with God. It should be a help to you in your relationship with the Lord. But I want to challenge us to have this attitude. I want to challenge us with this mentality to be able to say, I want my relationship with God to be healthy so that my church can be healthy. I want to challenge us with that mentality. That what my relationship with God is can contribute to the health of the church. That the fruit that is being born, that's being grown in my life, in my relationship with God, in my life experiences outside of church, can bear fruits when we come together as a body of Christ. What would that mean? That means putting to action what God is doing in you. That's being intentional with your relationship with God. That you're keyed in on what God is speaking to you about, not just on Sundays, but throughout the week. And what God is doing in your life. And that's going to bear fruit when we come together. We want our church to grow as a result of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Right? We want to grow leaders. We want to grow teachers. Because God is teaching them. Because they're doing their own study of the Word. And God is teaching them. We want people, we want to raise, we've been talking about this in the, in the missions department. We pray that God would raise up missionaries from our congregation. Because God has placed conviction on your heart to evangelize and share. That we're not just supporting missionary organizations or other missions you may not know, but perhaps the Holy Spirit is going to convict you to have a heart for people who are lost wherever they may live whether it's across the country, across the world, but God is doing the work in you. 
God will raise up children ministry helpers. Because they see the young ones here. And you know what? Man, I want to invest in their life, in their family's life, so that they can grow in this church. Paul's prayer must be our prayer for ourselves. We should be praying this, Father, fill me with your wisdom and understanding so that I may know your desire and will. Father, may I walk in a manner worthy of you, that I would have a desire to please you. God, I want to please you. I want to please you with my life. I want to know you more. As I live my life and as I desire to, to, to uh, seek your will and to bear fruit for you, may I know you more and more. And may you strengthen me with your power and your might for your glory. I truly believe if we resolve to make this our prayer individually, if we resolve to make that our, that our prayer this year, you think we'll experience more of God in our life and in our church? If you have a dull relationship with God, don't blame God. You know what I mean? If you have a dull, born relationship with God, it's not God's fault. Look what He created. That's not a dull God. There's amazing things He's doing. But sometimes we fail to bear fruits. But what God is doing in us into action. I'll close with this. I'll get to the point. I want to make it clear that I'm not expecting us to be perfect or desire perfection for us as a church. In fact, I, I mentioned this to somebody, I forget who it was. That would be amazing that this room was filled with people who are searching for faith. This room was filled with people who can be honest and say, you know what, I'm broken. I'm lost. I'm searching. I'm seeking. I'm needing a Savior. I don't know what I need, but I'm here to find it. A role church can play can be a hospital. It can be a rehab center. It can be a place of comfort and support. We don't need to fake it. I'm not asking us to fake having great relationships with God all the time, every time. No one has a perfectly healthy relationship with God. But can you imagine if we shared and put into action what God is speaking to us and moving in our lives about? We want to help others heal because what? God healed us. We want to help people heal because God healed us, whether it's emotional healing, physical healing, uh, spiritual healing, whatever it may be. You know what? God healed me. I want to share that hope with others. We want to share what God is doing in us so others may be blessed by God. We want to serve others out of the blessings that God has shown us. We want to put our faith into practice so that others will be emboldened in their faith. We want to worship the Lord because we experience His goodness and He has shown Himself worthy to me. 
Lastly, we want to honor the Lord in all we do, knowing we are ambassadors of our King. If we can put into practice and not hold it to ourselves, to say, you know what? God is doing this in me. God, I want it to bear fruit. What you're doing in my life and my relationship with you, Lord, what can, how, can it, how can it bear fruit as we gather? together. We're not all the same fruit. Alright, look around. We don't all look the same. We don't have the same life experiences. Some of you are apples. Some of you are pineapples. Some of you kind of like a coconut or a wall, uh, whatever it may be. Now you're all going to look around and say, what kind of fruit is it? Not a little but you all represent different experiences. That what God is doing in your life. And if we can be a church that's continuously bearing fruits, we're realizing what God is at work in our lives and in the life of our church. This God is Lord God, we come before you. Lord, as your word is planted in our hearts, we pray your word is growing roots, and those roots are firmly planted in you, and that we remain in you, and that, Father, your Holy Spirit will strengthen us and empower us fill us. Lord, may our branches grow and that, Lord, may we bear fruit for you. Put our faith into action. The blessings that we have received into action. That we can bless others. And you find this very fruit for you, Lord Jesus. We ask Jesus in your name.